0: The, the good thing, the way this draft is, has has shaken out or shaken out or Shooken
1: out, I think that's sh-
0: true. Shook it, shook, shook, shook it up out.
1: Voluminous, um, That's a new word I learned today.
0: <laughs> is that there seems to be now a, a healthy level of competition. And Dave, I agree with your assessment of Drew Samia. Um, if he can, if he can channel that aggression, when you see him finish a lot of his plays, respects people. I mean yeah. the way he, he just he just blocks him into the ground and says um, Yeah, now I'm done with you and I'm gonna go have sex that, with your mom and there's not thing you can do. <laughs> okay.
2: okay, the rules are out the <laughs> We have lost the
1: rules. How long did it take us? Nine minutes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good morning, Gallagher. It's Dave, Ted, and Drew back again, this time with a special edition. Did you know that this is our 50th broadcast? And not only that, it is the 2019 Vikings Draft Recap! Woohoo! What do you guys think, Drew?
1: I'm all drafted out, dude.
2: <laughs> you've done a lot of work you put That's... together a whole lot of research prior to the draft with the drew's big board which needs to be made more public next time and then afterwards with the analysis that you're about to share those pearls of wisdom that everybody likes the, uh, to hear the, yeah
1: my draft went i had 139 players 117 got drafted so it's 84%. Last year was 82%, so I upped it a little. I wanted to hit 90%, but I didn't quite get there. But, uh, yeah, it was a hell of a day, fun tracking it. It was good talking to everybody on the thread. It was weird in the, um, you know, the the after the third, third round craziness. You know, a lot of people were so pissed off, but we got <laughs> into it. We went, it was a good day. It was a good draft. I had a great time during the draft. It was a really loaded draft with players this year. I had a good time. I'm, I'm good. anxious. Anxious we had the live show which was wow that was just crazy stuff and i'm anxious to get your guys' take what you
2: think of the vikings 12 picks that's right 12 picks we'll, we'll get to talk about that ted how are you doing and what did you think of the draft
0: uh i'm doing i'm doing well i uh 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 <laughs> no I, I had fun that that live show i really wasn't sure how uh was gonna turn out but man, I had a blast doing that. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: That was so much fun, man.
0: I like overall, I like the draft class. Kind of what I thought was gonna happen was when when Spielman was when Rick Spielman was trading down in the third round, I thought he was gonna use all those extra sixth and seventh round picks to maybe get back up into the fourth round. Because I th- I think there there was a lot of talent in this draft, and I think you could have found you can find starters or could have found. I, I don't know what the term is now that we've had the draft, but nobody's played yet. Um, they're starting material available all the way into the fifth round. I think if you, if you do your homework and your research and all that, you can find the right guys that you can plug in and start, maybe not right away, but, but, you know, and the draft is built on, on your depth is built on the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. So sure. I grew. I, I got the question. Um, Madison, the running back the Vikings took in the 3rd round. Did you have him on your board? No, he wasn't on he, he wasn't on my
1: board and I had heard from some other friends of mine who do the same kind of draft system as me, a couple of, a couple of them had him on their boards, but they had bigger bigger boards for the drafts for running backs. They had like 25 people. Mm-hmm. And a couple of guys had him on there and I was told by both of them he's a fifth he's a fifth to a 6th round guy. Because I didn't have any information on him, and I had to get information quickly because I'm going, you know, who the hell is this guy? So I got a couple calls real quick, and that's all really the information I got until this morning when I watched a bunch of tape on him. I didn't have him on my board. He was totally unknown to me. I didn't watch any <coughs> Boise State football last year. Uh, so I was – apparently we got him for – you know, the Vikings had him a lot higher on their board, and after watching him on tape, he doesn't look like a fifth or sixth rounder to me, Ted. He looks like a late third
0: rounder. He's, he's so- really good. You think that you think where the Vikings draft so trading so you think trading down as much as they did and then getting him at the end of the third round is was a good move. I think
1: it I think it is a good move. I mean, you can only know you only know by looking at college tape. I mean, of course, they don't have the tape of him fumbling in the backfield. Nobody ever (laughs) shows that. But uh I know one I know one thing. I was surprised by the pick of where it came at 102, and I was surprised uh when you look at a few of the guys ahead of him that we missed in that 20 spot area, when we started trading back like Saunders, the defensive tackle, my Boykin, my sleeper wide receiver, he got taken there. Um, a couple more players that, that were Jalen Ferguson. He dropped the defensive end, which I had going like early second round. He was there. We missed out on him. He got taken at like 90, but, uh, I, I thought we took him at at that high. I thought, because I didn't know anything about him. I go, I had my Holy shit moment, but, uh, he must have been somebody they've been targeting all along and he is a he is a powerful really you gotta watch watch the tape on him I'm gonna submit some stuff uh later in the week on him some other things but he's got uh he's a little bowling ball kind of a but he's quicker he's kind of a little mini ladanian tomlinson to me he's he likes to leave his feet he can he's a, he can turn in both speed and bull runs and there were some Inside the ten, he had some fantastic runs at Boise State, where he carried two or three people into the end zone. He's always going forward. He's shifty and he's kind of elusive and hard to tackle.
0: That that uh, sounds like a like, was that guy's name OJ? Was it OJ Anderson for the Broncos when Kubiak was the coach? That's a great comparison. That's a great it, comparison. It, I, and, and he can. He and, seems and, like and he's really he's, good out of the backfield too. And and he's a guy that that, when he was in Denver under Kubiak. He was a thousand yard rusher, I believe, wasn't he?
1: Yes. Yes. You know, Kubiak's turned out like three or four guys that were, I mean.
2: That whole system at Denver and the zone run turned out thousand yard backs. I mean, wasn't he even running the scheme for Arian Foster when he was in in Houston? I mean, wasn't
1: that his deal too? I mean, I'm not, I can't remember.
0: I would have to go back to double, (laughs) double check, but, but my, my initial answer would be yes.
1: Madison looks, uh. I'm I'm happy with what I've seen so far. Of course, I have to research it more because I didn't have him on my draft board. But uh,
0: all you know, you got a thousand yards last year. Um, he, he led the led the Mount West. Rock have over fourteen hundred yards. yards. Oh, was it really? I, didn't, I believe I didn't, so. Yeah, I yeah. didn't look at the you know, conference stats, but
1: it kind of took. Took my mind at ease a little bit because I am worried about Cook. I'm worried about our backup running running backs. We got, I mean, Cook goes down. You got Amir Abdullah. I don't know what we're going to get on Mike Boone. I would like to have somebody I, or Rock Thomas. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what Madison does this preseason. I'm pretty fired up on the guy though, from what initially what I've seen, but there's still a lot to look at.
2: Well, uh, you had like, mentioned that Kubiak likes this style of runner. How much did you see Kubiak influencing this draft?
0: Oh, the first the first four picks were offense. We're offense. I, I mean in, 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 the, in, in the Mike in the Mike Zimmer era. <clears throat> in the Mike Zimmer era, they they have not picked three straight offensive offensive players, much less four, to start the draft. They have picked three straight defensive players once. I'd have to go back and look at what year it was. I, I can't remember off the top of that. Um but it, it is it was definitely uh, a uh, heavy Gary Kubiak or or Kevin Stefanski or Stefubiak Stif, out of whatever whoever it was you want to call. It, well, uh, also, also in that draft room. Absolutely, yes.
1: Maybe Dennison on the offensive line coach. maybe he had some say in there too because we landed two two of those four guys who were big O lineman Yeah, <laughs> and getting.
0: Uh, well, also, and, and when you look at it though, there's the the defense is set. I mean, Mike Zimmer got his way in the off and got right other than everybody but Sheldon Richardson back. And to replace Richardson, he got a guy he used to have in his two-and-three-guy rotation on the interior in Shamar Steffen. So, I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot barring, you know, maybe Nick Bosa falling or some something weird like that. there was really no reason to draft a defensive guy in the first even two rounds.
2: No, mm-hmm. I agree. Unless you wanted to go for like Greedy Williams that dropped into the second and was
0: available, sure. But yeah, that was was your that was your little love child all night on that. It was my, of course. I was picking Montez Montez Sweat sweat. all night. But speaking
2: of all night that night, I want to give a great shout out to everybody that watched. That has was our biggest show ever, and from the three of us, we thank you. We yes. had a blast doing it and I'm glad you enjoyed watching it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that live thing again. That really worked out well. That really worked out. <laughs> we should we do just... in the raw live after games.
2: We should.
0: I'll anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk offline. That's just an yeah. idea. Yeah. So hey Dave, let, let me ask you a question. What's that? Um so a, I, I assume everybody we're we're all happy with the with the Garrett Bradbury thing. Yay?
2: Yay. Absolutely. I think it's yeah. the best best selection we could have done. Okay, Drew?
1: Yes, I yeah, I'm very happy with that selection. I, I haven't talked to anybody that isn't.
0: All right. So let let, let me just throw this question out for, for the group here. Garrett Bradbury at center or Pat Elfline at center moving forward.
1: I have changed my vote since the other night. I am now thinking Bradbury is the center. So I joined David Stefano, Christopher Gates, and Eddie Van Halen. They were all
0: and, in that boat. And and I I believe I was calling you her. Heretical Philistines. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> something I, like I, that.
1: I, I think it's gonna be Bradbury at center now and Elfline at guard. That's I've, I've kind of swayed that way. And that's the way it should <clears throat> be.
2: And I've been consistent. No, no, with no. That I don't want to say one. anything
1: anything should be. I want to wait till camp and let them figure it out because Dennison knows more than all of us combined. So oh, true. But I, I kind of feel that's the way I kind of side with those guys now. And I don't mean to sound like I'm a traitor, but I think Pat Elfline is a tremendous guard. He wasn't he was when he in college. So I mean why not have him there? He's not. Do you think he's? A... I mean, Ted. You know, he played for your your college Is he a better guard or a
0: center? I mean, you. You know, he he won the Remington he he won the Remington award as a center, but so did Garrett Bradbury this past year at uh, NC State. Um, do, you, do you still see Elfline as the center day one? Or you know, one? I, I'm starting to come around a little bit. I've gone back and I watched a little bit of video of Elfline at Ohio State as a guard, and the thing about pat elfline's game his his strength his complete strength is his ability to pull and sure. get to the, and get to the edge and get to the or to the edge on a run or the perimeter on a screen and be a lead blocker right I, that, I i think that's easier to do as a guard than it is a center absolutely oh, yes.
1: correct and i and i always point back to that that pitch play to Jarek McKinnon at Soldier Field. That's my one of my favorite plays I've ever seen of Pat Elfline. When, when he like, it,
0: when when, when he, he's running it?
1: He's, yeah, and he's running side by side practically with him. That's yes. when I I thought to myself, that is the guy you need out in space. That guy is the dozer.
0: But that play in particular was really, really that just showed what Elfline can do. So and I, yeah, I remember when when Elfline was a guard at Ohio State, he might have been one of the best guys ever at osu that could get out to the edge fast and set a block and and i believe it was pat Elfline. yeah you hold that you hold that helmet but i believe it was pat Elfline <laughs> that got to the perimeter in that overtime game at the shoe a couple of years ago and knocked jabril peppers into the freaking uh, yard marker at the 10 God yard line man. when curtis samuel ran it in for the game winning score you know what now we're, <laughs> if we're
1: gonna start making shit up on this show if we're going to start making up stories, I can go story time too. I got a good one that involves Lee Corso. I pissed well, John, him off too. John Matuzak?
0: John Matuzak story? No, I got, I
1: forgot. <laughs> when I got down the show the other night, my wife says, You didn't tell him the Lee Corso story. That's the funniest one you've ever pissed anybody off. And I said, I'll, I'll save it for later.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So. Now. Bradbury, I was really happy. I mean, is there anything bad about Bradbury's game? And I don't hear anything bad about him at all. He's like a perfect human being, perfect football player, no off-field issues. The guy tore up the combine. He had the best combine besides, in my opinion, Montez Sweat. I think mean, Sweat and Bradbury, from what I saw at the combine, had the best combines out there. The guy benched 34 reps. He's am- He's just – there's nothing bad about him.
2: Well, the the only thing I saw as Cons is he could get stronger against the bull rush type of rushers, which he's going to face. But playing center, right, like he is, and moving Elf to guard right next to him, that means both of them are moving to pull or moving to go out and for the screens. And they're going to work in tandem. That's going to be an outstanding fit. The both of them together are better than, you know, each of them side by side. If you could do that, you know, it's one and one is not two individuals. It's one and one is going to make an awesome blocking well, you um, scheme for Denison yes, that should have Cook happier than all get out. One is the
1: loneliest number, Dave, you know that. So I know. It's better off yeah. One is lonelier than two, or how does three
0: dog bolts say it? Two, two can be as bad as one though. That's it's the loneliest number, for so number one. Yeah. Two can be as bad as one. <laughs> and one we saw is, that. Yeah. And we and five can be an absolute train wreck. As we saw last <laughs> year on the Vikings like, office. And then
2: on 260. I six, mean, think two, about nine. it. We got
1: Garrett Bradbury Garrett Bradbury and, and Pat Alfline, week one I mean, right there, we're already that we're doing we we've kind of I'm fired up already in the draft. We did, we did really I, well. All right.
2: Now, take, since we're skipping around, we signed Klein in the offseason. Everybody assumes he's going to be right guard. But in the fourth round, we got what I quoted as the steal of the draft. Out of in, Arkansas. The entire. Or out uh, of Oklahoma. Pardon me. The entire Oklahoma, draft? That's high praise. Out of Oklahoma, Drew Samia. Right? Drew, 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 Drew. Spells are a little different, but that's okay. He is one mean
1: motherfucker.
2: (laughs) Well, and he is mean. And he he is fast. He gets to the second level. Right. The only knock I've heard on him is he's got a weird set of footwork, but Denison will work on that, and that his aggressiveness – sometimes takes the better of him, and he doesn't play as disciplined as he should. Now, I suspect Dennison and some of the vets will help with that portion of his game, how to mentally go, yeah, be aggressive, but you go to this point, you remain at that point, you don't go over the board and forget what you're doing, type aggressive. He could very well challenge Klein from day one of training camp in August for what, that right guard spot. Can, can I throw this out there? Hmm.
0: Um, I, I I agree that I don't know that Josh Klein's job is secure, but we were talking a minute ago, we were talking about Elfline and Bradbury who plays center, who plays guard. I'm kind of getting on board with Bradbury going to center and Elfline playing guard. But when Elfline was second team All-American at Ohio State and, and first team All-Big Ten –
1: you know, you could say it at college. You don't need it, to keep saying Ohio State. It, it, it was
0: it was at it was at right guard. Not I know it was it. Right, I know it was it. He, right he played he played three games as a left guard, but he when before he switched to center in college at Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a right. He was primarily a right guard before he moved to center. <clears throat> so I, I mean, is it is it a given? if we assume Bradbury is going to be the center and i think that's the, the 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 leaning and and i'm actually getting okay with that me too what what's to say pat Elfline is going to play right guard <clears throat> and they might put like a guy like brett jones who they did re-sign and he played he's played left guard he 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 has nfl starts as a left guard in the right double digits i believe
2: yeah the Giants. i mean
0: i'm just saying there's the, the good thing the way this draft is has has shooken out or shaked out or shooken out i think
1: that's
0: shook true it, shook 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 it up out
1: voluminous um, that's a new word i learned today
0: <laughs> is that there seems to be now a, a healthy level of competition and dave i agree with your assessment of drew samia um, if he can if he can channel that aggression when you see him finish a lot of his plays he respects people i mean the way <laughs> he, he just he just blocks them into the ground and says yeah, yeah, now I'm done with you, and I'm gonna go have sex that, with your mom, and there's that, not
2: a thing you can do.
1: We have lost the rules. How long did it take us? Nine minutes.
0: <clears throat> I mean, I really I really like the potential of Samia. I, I think he's got you know, starting potential down the road. Here's what's kind of cool, and this happens every once in a while
1: as you're a fan. It happened when I was researching Chad Greenway. This is the same thing that happened with somebody told me the other day is it Samia? Is it Samia? I said, it's badass. You don't need, doesn't matter what you're <laughs> calling. Uh, uh, but, but I, when I got to research, when I started researching this guy, this is weird. I watched like two or three times the amount of tape. Uh, and Vach Lombardi has a really good breakdown on him. I watched more tape on him and studied more research. He went to more websites to get bio information and, and college stuff and stats. I did twice as much work on that one guy and everybody else had him like ranked like seventh or eighth guard or right around that area, kind of a mosh uh-huh. pit between five and 10. For some reason, I kept doing more research on this guy. I really liked him. And I put the Viking watch on him when I was doing those uh, spotlights in February. And and for some reason, I just kept saying something about this guy's tape. I really, I'm going to. And so when I made my board, I made him the number three guard. And I got some feedback from my buddy saying, dude, he's not the number three guard in the country. What are you on, meth? Who, who'd you no, put him but, behind? Hey, who'd you put him behind, Drew? Well, I had Cody Ford number one. Even though I know Cody Ford's a tackle, he's that good at guard. I actually put him as the number one, I had him as my number one, uh, my number one guard. And then secondly, I had Chris Lindstrom because he's to me the best pure guard in the draft. So okay. I had Cody Ford, who's you know not technically a guard, but I think he will be at the next level. I had him one, I had Lindstrom two, and I had uh Samia three. And the highest I'd seen him on any other drafts was, I think I think uh Draft Network had him at six, and somebody else had him at eight, and I think one person I saw had him at five. Either way, I I thought so much of him, I'm going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him up there because that's what our boards are for what we see, what we right. want. We do them how, the way we want. We don't go by what other people say. And then the Vikings took him, and I just thought that that just felt like a connection. I did the same thing with Chad Greenway. I, when I researched Greenway, and then we took him in the first round. I was like, hell yeah. You know, you just get that feeling of they took the guy that you wanted them to take. And they traded right. up to get him, which I but thought what,
0: was, was a great move.
2: Yes, but that what, was their first trade up. They did try a second, but failed to consummate the trade. And
1: and the thing about it was when the third when the third round got done, you guys, I thought he was gone. I was thinking there's no way we're gonna get him after that. After we took the running back with our third pick. Ooh. I thought, you know, and I had I had him down as going somewhere in the third round. So when we got him, I was surprised. I was so happy, dude. It just it kind of was cool that you do a bunch of research and it comes together just how you want. They take the guy that you like, and it just felt mm-hmm. really good. It felt good. So he's probably my favorite draft pick.
2: Speaking of the guy you like in the second round, the Vikings Turk Irv Smith. Yes. Tied end out of Alabama. A I pure, a good... almost Joker-style tight end that should cause fits. And what this does to me, this gets me all hot and bothered. Because to imagine the Vikings, and Kubiak likes to run this, and so does Kirk Cousins, a lot of 12 formations where you have the two tight ends. You have Adam Thielen, Diggsy out on the outside. You'll have both tight ends lined up, however, one inside, one out in a flanker-type position, or both inside, it doesn't matter, and Cooker out of the backfield. My question is how is a defensive coordinator going to defend that because it causes so many mismatches? You blitz. You're you mean. blitz right up the middle. You put pressure on Cousins. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what. Well, you, well, you, you go after that's Cousins. The only way you, call it. You,
0: you take that brick out, <laughs> and the whole thing topples. Cousins is. You know. <laughs> um, I I'm with you, Dave. I I think Irv Smith might have been my favorite pick of this whole draft. I love a, the pick.
1: What a great value at that point.
0: I, I I don't. You know, and and looking on social media and and elsewhere, it it seemed like Irv Smith kind of split the fan base, and I I don't know why because really. I, in a lot of ways, yeah. I, uh, well, is you know, so it because people are worried that Rudolph is going to go? Not so much that, but I, I think it was, why are we drafting a tight end that high? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Going into the draft, the Vikings needed uh, they needed receiver help. And my thought was they would go after a wide receiver after they didn't do anything for Kyle Rudolph's contract. Um, when, when they went and, and got Smith, they got a guy – He's not the best receiving tight end in the draft. You could argue either T.J. Hawkinson or Noah Fant is. Um, He's not the best blocking tight end. That that kid from LSU, I can never remember his name. He's probably the best blocking tight end in the draft. But I would argue Irv Smith is the best combination receiving blocking tight end in the draft. And and this dude is going to be an absolute weapon in both the passing game and the running game for the Vikings as a blocker. I, I just I just think it's a great, great pick. And you, you look at the offenses that Kirk Cousins has run in the past and that Gary Kubiak, Kubiak installs and runs, which are very heavily inspired by Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, it's very tight end. It's not tight end centric, but the tight end plays a heavy role and has a lot to say with how this offense rolls. And I really, really like the potential of Irv Smith, Stephon Diggs, and Adam Thielen, and you're right, Dave. That's going to be tough to defend if if this offensive line can hold up and give him protection. Uh, it, it's 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 an absolute weapon the Vikings have at tight end now.
1: Well, the, the the more weapons you have on offense, the more mismatches you can create. It all comes Absolutely.
0: down. It all comes down to mismatches. That's
1: how Belichick runs his scheme. That's that's how. I mean, football's been ran for years. If you find a mismatch out there and you get it at the right time, you exploit it. That's why he that's why Belichick kills people with the running backs all the time because of the receiving running backs. He kills them all the time with that. But but Irv Smith, I got I watched some footage on him. I took the computer over and I showed Ruby. I'll well, watch this one play. And I played it for her, and she said it looks like a wide receiver. So it was he looks like a wideout sometimes, he doesn't. So I'm thinking maybe sometimes there's our third wide receiver in some sense well, and he looked he looked i mean when he when he catches the ball and runs he looks like a wide out it's
2: like what well and with the Vikings not taking wide receiver all the way until the seventh round if my memory serves where they pick two there is no wide receiver three competition per se because yeah I, we hope the guy taken from Oregon can beat Treadwell. Okay. But ify, ify. Oh, wait, oh,
0: hold, hold on. Stop. You're, you're talking about two seventh-round picks. Uh, Dylan Mitchell and Olabisi. <coughs> Olabasi. Life goes on. Bra. <laughs> Johnson. Right. And it are going to Dude, they're seventh-round picks. Uh, you know I know what? they're going to be lucky you know to what? make the squad. Take a dart and throw it at the wall.
2: <laughs> That's oh blah, oh, blah da, life all right. goes on, no. bro. La, 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 what life I'm saying goes on. is you have all right, so are we have Diggs and Thielen, W R one and WR2. Well, I think the most important third wide receiver is gonna be Irv Smith.
0: I agree. I, I absolutely agree. He, That's uh, gonna it's
2: gonna be you're gonna have Rudolph who catches everything. He may not get very many yards after catch, but he catches everything, right? And you got Irv Smith, who's going to be that quasi tight end H-back wide receiver type that can do almost everything. He may drop every once in a while, but it's going to be rare, but he's going to get you downfield. And like he said, there isn't a linebacker or safety that can keep up with him. Now, we all know, that is a great sentiment, but he'll be schooled first week of training camp when Harrison Smith puts him on his posterior. But I love the attitude; absolutely I, love the attitude.
0: What are you doing? Was that a Dremel?
1: Yeah, I was Dremeling. <laughs> I, I was Dremeling my bird's claws. I was going to give. I want to give uh, Irv Smith the Buzz Award because you know why. Ted's wrong. He's going to be better than Fant. He's a better tight end than than Noah Fant. He's going to have a better career. You really think so? Wow. Yeah. He's not. You know what? Irv Smith. You know his biggest drawback is he. He's not much of a blocker because he doesn't like to block. And his dad came on NFL Network and was walking around with a big sign saying, "My son likes to block because he knows that's." (laughs) 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 Are you serious? That's funny. That's the big. That's the big drawback on him. You know, some people they don't want to if they don't like being physical. You know, if he doesn't, but guys who don't like to block also don't like to get tackled. That's what Barry Sanders' always trick was. I, I, the reason I am so elusive is it hurts to get tackled. I don't want to get tackled. So, Irv <laughs> Smith is really good in the open field. I think he's going to be
0: better than Fant. And I, I honestly think the Vikings, when they use him, they're going to use him in the slot a lot, and that is yes. going to create a lot yes. of mismatches. I, you you watch him, and granted, you, you're right, Drew. It's college and 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 film in college is. To the NFL, but when you see him in the slot at Alabama, I mean, he just he just owns the middle of the field. He just owns it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's got some. He's got some footage where he catches a ten-yard pass. It makes a couple jukes, and he's gone for sixty. Yeah. Got. You're not going to see Rudolph do that.
0: No. And Um, so is Rudolph going to
1: be here? Is Rudy? Is Rudy a Viking now? Are we good? uh, Well, he
0: still is. Well, did you see? uh, I guess apparently. Charlie Walters, you guys know who? You guys know who Charlie Walters is? Yeah, Yeah. from the Dallas Cowboys. Monday morning. No, 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 no. He's uh, a long-time St. Paul Pioneer Press columnist. Yes. No, then I don't know him. I know the football player. He said. uh, He said something today about uh, Rudolph is either going to get a restructure, okay, or he's going to be gone.
1: Okay. Okay. So So either
0: either way, it's going to
1: be. They gotta free up
2: some money. They don't have enough money to sign the draft class.
1: Is is Irv Smith ready to put out their week one, or do they have to work with him and kind of get him ready? I don't know. Tight ends are usually kind of kind of weird about getting them right going from day one, unless they're really unique.
2: Well, he won't be listed as this if if Rudolph is still here. Rudolph is the starter. You don't list two tight ends as starters anymore. Um,
1: I love you. Don't list a nickelback.
2: (laughs) as a starter
1: i love that idea by ted glover though putting that guy in the slot i just absolutely love that idea well, that's what I, I, I say
2: he's a joker you can move him into the y a, spot and is X. he a
1: smoker or is he just a joker well, i don't think
2: he's a smoker i think that's is, cypress hill on on
1: is he a midnight toker i mean i didn't know what he is, is <laughs> that's he rock thomas <laughs> okay anyway
0: uh charlie walter says uh Rudolph most likely won't be with the Vikings at all this season, due to a trade or being flat out released. Woo! Okay, Irv, Irv, wow. get, your,
1: get your fucking playbook together, Irv. Irv yep. Cross, not Irv Cross from the old
0: NFL show. We oh, know? that was oh, that was that was the best.
1: That we're was... talking Irv, We're talking Irv. Irv Smith Jr. Not Irv Cross or Phyllis George. Irv's gonna have to get it together week one. We need you out there, Irv. <laughs> Now I like I like the pick. I think
2: it was a great pick, Drew. Speaking of competition, your boy from your school, Ben Gideon, now has some competition back there.
1: He's not as good as Cam
2: Smith. He's not. The Vikings drafted Cameron Smith. Yes. What is your impression of Cameron Smith? Well, first off, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Cameron
1: Smith was involved in the eighth grade football league. For eighth graders, when he was in fourth grade, somebody pulled some strings. He was so good at football that they got him somehow. The fourth graders playing with the eighth eighth graders, so he's always played with heavy competition above him. So I, Cameron Smith, loves football and he loves to play. Give me a guy who loves football. That that's I like. That's always the first good step in the right direction. He's not flashy. He's not going to make a bunch of tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He's not a TFL guy. He's not splashy or flashy or any of that but he has really good technique. He's really sound. He, he easy to coach. He's gung ho all the time. And I mean, 2015, he was so highly touted coming out of high school that pretty much everybody thought he's going to be the linebacker in the country, the number one linebacker in the country. I mean, he was all, all pack 12, his first year, 2015, he blew his knee out. Everybody thought he was going to miss the 2016 season. He was back week one for the Trojans which everybody thought this is really weird. He blew his knee out. He's already back. Uh, He had 83 tackles in 2016, 2017. He had 112 tackles in 2018. Last year, he played only 10 games, but still had 81 tackles. He was second team, all pac 10. The guy is just a consistent football player, but the reason he kind of fell a little bit and went where he did is because a lot of the GMs didn't think he was flashy enough. He didn't make enough big plays. Uh, but he is solid. I had him at number six on my linebacker list for outside linebackers. Cause I had two different lists I had inside mm-hmm. and outside. And I think he's a solid football player. He, I think he's already better than Ben Gideon. Um, sorry, Benji, but I think we got a good football player right there. And I think he's going to be solid. Kind of a little let, take. Let, let me
0: ask you guys this. Uh, Cameron Smith is is very similar in build to uh Blake Cashman, University of Minnesota linebacker. Do you think the you think the Vikings were targeting Cashman? And then when the Jets sniped him, yes. they they picked they picked uh they picked this guy instead. This
1: I think you're hundred percent right on with that. I mean, I the one fault I will give the Vikings, Cashman got so close they should have traded up and snagged him. Well, I, th- I think that
2: current. was this the second spot or the spot Spielman referred to that they did try to trade up. They just couldn't make the deal. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I didn't Guy, guys. I had, I have a buddy who who really studies the defense more than the offense when it comes to drafts. So I kind of I kind of defer to him on a lot of things, a lot of players. He told me this morning, Drew Cameron Smith is Blake Martinez. All the way down the line. That's what he's 6'2, 238. He's Plays like Blake Martinez, he's like Blake Martinez, who's not Blake, a bad
0: football player. I should say, Blake Martinez is, is currently on the Packers, and I, I I think that whole linebacking core for Green Bay yeah, is, but if you, is, if, is really overrated.
1: But you know what, Ted? If you watch their games, which a lot of them are on TV, so I'm kind of forced to watch that shit, Team, if you Watch their games. <laughs> hey, listen. Listen. Blake Martinez is the guy making tackles that other people are supposed to be making. If everybody was doing their job, Blake Martinez wouldn't look wouldn't look out of position so much, but he's having to be all over the field because they suck. He's the only good guy they have in my eyes. When I watch, when I watch <laughs> their games, he's a tackling machine. If Cameron Smith is going to be like Blake Martinez, I'm fine with that. I'm really, I really
0: am. Okay. I'll, you're, you're better at the X's and O's than I am. So
1: um, I'm, at, I'm better at the X's and O's, not the X's. and O's. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Other than the last person we drafted this weekend, and I want to save him for his own spot. Yeah. Out of all those remaining 6th and 7th rounders.
1: I know nothing about does, any of them.
2: Does anybody stand out?
0: Uh I don't. Chris, Chris Boyd, I think, the, the dude from Texas. Yes,
1: I do know um, about him.
0: Yeah, I researched him.
1: <laughs> out of everybody we did from that point on, he's the only one I
0: did research on was Boyd. I, I think he's got a chance to stick around Simply because Holton Hill is going to be suspended for four games. He was Holton Hill's
1: roommate, dude.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> they joined,
2: committed well, to well, well, on the same day together.
0: Um. We,
1: we smoked I, two joints in the morning. At night, <laughs> we smoked two joints.
0: <laughs> I, I uh, Chris Boyd is is the only Pardo. Pardo. Oh, uh, that's, Chris that's Boyd Chris Boyd is the only guy that stuck out that that makes me think he's got a chance to play A because he's a corner and yes. and Mike Zimmer finally finally got himself a corner in the 7th yeah, round. Yeah, that is reaction. Um,
1: hey, who, hey, who's that guy from Elon that, that's 8 foot 4
0: and 912
1: pounds? Who the fuck is that guy?
0: I don't know who you're talking about, man. That big
1: lineman, that huge dude, is that, from Elon University oh, or whatever. Yeah, the uh, um He's like holy a- Simecka Udo it, Only Udo. Only he he Udo.
2: weighed
1: he weighed like sixty three pounds when he was born. I mean that.
0: <laughs> uh, by the way, just for the record, uh, Elon University or is it the University of Elon? I don't even know. I never heard more, of it. Had more NFL draft picks one than Nebraska and Tennessee <laughs> combined. <laughs> Zero. Oh, that's the highlight of the show right there. <laughs> oh,
1: that is that is funny. More that's well, baloney.
0: <laughs> football factory elon (laughs) that's baloney tech too
2: man
0: i don't know i don't
1: know any of these guys except for chris boyd
2: well there's one last one i asked you if you did research on and that that is the final draft pick for the vikings long snapper austin cutting out of the air force academy
1: Oh, yeah, Dave, I did a lot of long snapping research
2: (laughs) (laughs) the last couple months. That's the first place
1: we go. We look at linebackers, defensive tackles, and long snappers.
0: Okay, can I go off on a little bit of a rant here? Oh, Oh, by all means. Here
1: we go. Here we go. Do it. Let's do it.
0: What in God's name was Rick Spielman thinking? I'm okay with the trades. I'm okay with him, you know – I think for for Rick Spielman to reach Nirvana, I think he's a Buddhist, and for him to reach Nirvana at some point, <laughs> he has to own every pick in the seventh round one day, and I'm even cool with that. But but in the seventh round, and I I get you're just you're just throwing darts on a board just to see what what you'll get. It's, it's all a crapshoot, probably halfway yeah, through the fourth round and nine.
2: the percentage of them doing right.
0: anything. But is here's my like here's under five percent. Right, right, but here's my thing. You drafted a kid that has a two-year military obligation, up. and the deal—the Department of Defense reversed that policy in 2017 when we had a presidential administration change. Where it used to be under previous administrations, uh, the service academies would look to try and accommodate the player so he could still fulfill his obligation to the military, but be able to play. That reversed itself when uh, Jim Mattis became the Secretary of Defense, who I absolutely adore. I love Jim Mattis. It's a lot of
1: great knowledge right here. I'm writing this down. But right here's down. the
0: deal. They reversed that policy, and not one player that's been drafted in any sport that I'm I'm pretty sure it's any sport, uh, d- definitely the NFL, since the new policy change has been allowed to play. And I kind of agree with it. Like the United States government is giving you a four-year engineering degree. Sure. And, and at the end of it, you owe me two years on active duty in the service. You get accepted to the academy. You go and you you serve your country because you said you would you said you would. So fulfill your freaking obligation, man. That said, congratulations, cadet cutting cutting. <laughs> uh, seriously. I, I mean, I mean, making it making it four years through a service academy is something I couldn't have done. I had to go through OTS, and I had to go through walk school, and it about killed me. I, I just I couldn't stand dealing with that bullshit. Pardon my language for four years. The the the, the crap those guys have to do um, Ooh, instead of going amazing. to a, a traditional school is very impressive. So if if there's a way that that can work out fine, but I think I think it was just a not because he's an Air Force kid and he's a long snapper. I just think when when you have this two year service obligation. And you make that pick, it's just stupid.
1: Right? This is yeah.
0: flat out stupid. Yeah, well, well it? I mean, that's it?
2: A, there's got to be somebody else you could take. I mean, oh well, yeah, you can find long long snappers at the Seven Eleven. I mean, I mean bring, bring a you, kicker you in, in for the hell in. Put a what? kicker in for your last pick and have him have him maybe knocks
1: knocks Bailey out of the water. Who knows? Well, I mean,
2: um, McDermott's contract lasts the next two years.
1: Wait, I'm giving Ted's rant the buzz.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Okay, McDermott's contract lasts the, the next two years. He's
1: been with us for he was here like in '88 or second fucking guy's been here forever, hasn't he?
2: <laughs> well, McDermott. you know, and you <laughs> might say Spielman's forward thinking, um, but He's be I don't know. Two years come on, I know. Forward and believe thinking. it or not, kid doesn't like it, and Drew doesn't like it that much. PFF has accuracy numbers on his snaps. And he somebody, was... Okay,
0: somebody has way accurate. too much time on their hands. Hey, they have then, way too much time yeah. on their hands if they're doing PFF trades <laughs> for long snappers. I'm sorry! Nobody's sorry! No, I'm not sorry! That's
2: just
1: dumb! That's just flat-out stupid! Yeah, you don't need me. <clears throat> hey, can, <laughs> can one of you guys do me a favor for the sake of the listeners? Can you get a list of the draft picks in front of you and read the names and what order they went in? So everybody... Because we haven't done that yet. You. All right. Can Start off in the beginning, name the player, name the school, name what round he went in. First round pick,
0: uh, 18 overall, Garrett Bradbury, center, North Carolina State. Round two, 50 overall, Irv Smith, junior, tight end, Alabama. Uh, Round three, after four trades down, pick 102 overall, Alexander Madison, running back, Boise State. Fourth round, um, Drew Samia, offensive lineman, Oklahoma, 114 overall. Fifth round. 162 overall, pick 24, Cameron Smith, the linebacker from SC. Uh, The sixth round, Armand Watts, defensive tackle, Arkansas, 190 overall. Um, Also in the sixth round, 191, Marcus Epps, defensive back, Wyoming. The last pick in the sixth round, 193 overall, from uh, Elon Football Factory. Round seven, third pick of that round, 217 overall, Chris Boyd, uh, defensive back from Texas. 25th or 239 overall, Dylan Mitchell, wide receiver, Oregon, 247 overall, Olabisi Olabasi. Life goes on, Bra Johnson, wide receiver, Colorado State, and round seven, Austin Lieutenant, Austin Cutting, Air Force.
2: I don't think he's lieutenant yet,
0: but well, it's almost that Yeah. Cadet. Thank you, thank you Cadet. for reading
1: the whole list. I know people are going to say after the show, I "Go, who
0: are all
2: our picks?" So that that roll that in the front. The front. <laughs> well, uh, well, and that we needed to wrap that up. And that's a beautiful way to do that. Any last words, Drew?
1: Meow, meow, like, uh, I think we did. I feel, I feel, I feel pretty good about how the draft went for us. Now we just need to play it out and go to camp and see what shakes out.
2: Well, I think we're going to get into a few more in-depth stuff as the weeks go on. As we work up to camp, we have mini camp coming in a week, I think. Nice. And, and so we'll go from there. Dr- or
0: ted you got any last words great draft weekend i really enjoyed the show i liked the i wish on a show uh for the second third round i think that would have been even more entertaining we got <laughs> you, know, the you know i almost <laughs> asked you guys going
1: i mean it was pretty exhausting i was pretty tired the next yeah. morning it was, it was the first time like my wife said you look this is the first time you look like you've done one of your old shows music shows like today uh-huh. you just look spent and i go it feels like that it feels like i was but I was I was gonna go. Wonder if they want to do another one. So I couldn't.
0: We... I, I, I would have loved to, but I just I had stuff going on Friday night. I couldn't. But I, th- I think we kind of nailed the live thing, though. We ought to do it more. I like yeah. the idea. I, I liked uh, I liked the draft. I like how it panned out. I know some fans aren't happy with uh, with a couple of picks. I I'm good with it. And now it's on to the battle of Winterfell tonight. And dude, Dave, Dave, you saw you saw Avengers Endgame. Give everybody a big spoiler right now and bring it in the front of the show. Huh. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I could tell you that I don't even know what that fantastic means. Fantastic movie. I don't know what Endgame
1: means at all. What is, what is it's it? It's the Avengers. It's, it's, it's the Harry, last
0: Avengers movie. It's not
1: Harry Potter or something.
2: I mean, what is no, it? No, it's oh. the Avengers. And, and, uh, and Black Iron Panther Man, and Captain America, Thanos, Captain America, all those yeah. guys. It's the last oh, movie in the series. Okay, okay. It's a uh, three hour movie that will have your emotions going from high to low to high to low to high. Now you watch will hear everybody the die. Theater. Let me guess. Laughing, clapping, clapping uh, cheering, crying, okay. sobbing. Okay. Anyways, everybody, right. I want to thank you for a great show on draft night, day Thanks, one. Thanks, guys. Thanks for following us all over the web all weekend. Glad you enjoyed the draft. Win a bitch! Hopefully everybody likes the Vikings draft least overall. Go Vikings. You guys rock!